truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? Everybody have a great first spring weekend. A Saturday was the vernal equinox that turned into spring. Don't worry. Don't worry. Those of you still recovering from the freezes and hurricanes, the fires of hell, summertime will be right here anytime soon. So it'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Welcome to the Steve Day Show. Is it Steve Day Show or the Steve Dace and Friends? But uh, he's off gallivanting somewhere, and I'm guessing it's probably March Madness related, but I don't know that. Um, he'll be back, I'm told, tomorrow? Or at least maybe I should rephrase that. I won't be here tomorrow. Uh, welcome to the show on uh, Blaze Television and Radio Network. Thanks for coming along for the ride. My name is Jeff Fisher, if you're not already aware. I do a show on uh, Blaze Podcast Network called Chewing the Fat, and I'm also part of Pat Gray Unleashed program on uh, the Blaze Television and Radio Network. So, uh, you know, you can subscribe or follow Chewing the Fat. Uh, it's free. I know. I know. I know I said subscribe, and a lot of people think when you say subscribe, that means that it's not free, but it is. It's uh, it's available free, so you just subscribe and follow and enjoy. And you can follow me on social media, at JeffyJFR, or uh, Facebook, Instagram, and whatever's left of Parlor Jeff Fisher Radio. Uh, I just wanted to uh, say hello. And you can participate in the show by dialing 888-900-3393. I also want to let you know to stop worrying, okay? Uh, the president of the United States is doing 100% fine after the incident. That's what the spokespeople say. If you're not aware of the incident, President Biden, who is 78 now, began his climb into Air Force One using the handrail, and you are supposed to you know, keep your hands on the railing at all time, before, according to the spokesperson, uh, tripping twice and then... And then falling before pulling himself back up, completing. And then he, you know, then he finished up. He completed the ascent all the way up. Um, I want you to know that White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre blamed the president's stumbles on the windy day. It's pretty windy outside. Uh, it's very windy. I almost fell coming up the steps myself. Did you? Did you? But she added that Biden is doing 100% fine. Now, Kate Bedingfield, another White House communications director, uh, who's, I guess, still around, I guess she hadn't smoked pot, uh, reiterated in a tweet that Biden is just fine and didn't even require any attention from the medical team who travels with him. She called the stumbles nothing more than a misstep on the stairs. Let's watch the missteps during this windy day. And you tell me. You tell me what you think. Now, as he gets off of Marine One, you can still see that he's got a little bit of a limp uh, still from his accident, you know, as he was naked and chasing his dog coming out of the shower uh, a few months ago, and he had to wear his foot brace. And I don't know, did he officially break his ankle or just, just, I don't know what happened to him, but he was wearing a brace. So he still got a little bit of a limp. On the right side there. He's not doesn't have the cast anymore, but he's got the little bit of limp and he's walking, chit chatting, ah, pretending like he actually cares what this military guy says to him. And uh 
Okay, good to see you. Thank you. And I've got to come up to the stairs here and give my little salute. Remember that. He just, he just reminded me. Don't forget to salute, Mr. President. Oh, yeah, okay. Hey, how you, how you guys? How you doing? And then up he goes. And remember, he always tries to be Mr. I can jog up the stairs. That's me. Oh, it's Twip Trip. And then, oh, one trip. Oh, and then he goes down, completely down. And he picks up, wipes off the pants a little bit, see if he ripped them. Grabs both sides, finishes up all the way up to the top, and then realizes, man, I probably should turn around. Yep, give everybody a quick salute instead of a wave, and make sure I'm fine. <laughs> and a little hop, limp, skip into Air Force One. So um, I know that uh, President Biden is just one of many top American leaders to fall while boarding presidential jets. And, you know, they made a huge point uh, this weekend pointing out uh, previous stair tripping uh, by former uh, Vice President Mike Pence, uh, former President Barack Obama, former President Gerald Ford, Gerald Ford. We had to go back to Gerald Ford back in 1975. And then, of course, we didn't have uh, just a reminder, we didn't have uh, Trump tripping, but we had Trump uh, going down the ramp. And we had uh, we had another one from Donald Trump as well. However, I want you to take a look at Joe Biden, just the falls going up the stairs, just Joe Biden going up the stairs as he goes up, Mister Straight Back. I'm going to be Mister Cool. Oh, oh, oh no! And then he did one more. Oh no! Couldn't pick it up all the way. Couldn't get it back. Couldn't get the balance back. And then he's got to pull himself up and take a second recalibrate the senses a little bit and then he's back up the stairs so here is mike pence and we were reminded that mike pence took a slip down on air force uh, the steps of air force one i believe and he's uh, trotting himself up the stairs up, up, up. mike gives the little jog to mr i'm in shape makes everybody feel good almost to the top Ooh, he goes down and catches himself with both hands Gives there, turns around. He's almost at the top. Gives everybody a quick wave. Thumbs up. We're back into Air Force. Well, two for him. And, uh, you know, so that was, it was still, you know, not three times. It's one quick fall, caught with both hands, and he's back up. All right. Gives a wave, turns and gives a wave. Now, Barack Obama slipped a couple of times. He slipped uh, once uh, going, uh, coming down Air Force One, which could have been. A disastrous for anyone had he not caught himself and then he tripped coming up onto a stage let's see let's see barack's trip this is coming down and i mean he it could have been disastrous for oh see that oh man that would have that would have been disastrous but that was just a quick slip heel gives a quick whoosh underneath and he's gone and then the rest of that video you see you know he is just you see the difference in the in the gape of the health of barack obama and the gape and health of vice president, or I'm sorry, he is the president now, uh, Joe Biden. And then you see Barack coming up on stage as he does a, hey, how you doing? Oh, quick trip, didn't lift my foot up enough, didn't caught off the corner of my eye. I'm Mr. Athlete, no problem. Hey, I got you. No problem, take care. Just a quick little fall, and he's good, right? It was just a little misstep. That was actually just a little misstep. He's looking at the crowd, he sees the stairs, he misjudges a little bit, boom, down he goes. And then they were quick to remind, uh, you know, I remind us of Gerald Ford, who took a big tumble uh, going in, coming down off Air Force One with the wife. It was raining, and he was there to meet uh, the world leader. And I 
for the life of me, I cannot remember what country this was. But it doesn't matter. He's coming down. Gerald Ford's coming down. Uh, Air Force President One. Ford, the year seemed full of snags. In June, he fell down the plane steps on arriving in Austria. Yeah. Austria. Yeah, he's in Austria. He's in, oh, oh, oh. I mean, that. holy cow. And that could have been disastrous had he been uh, farther up the stairs instead of closer to the ground. And uh, so, I mean, we were, we were reminded forever all weekend long about uh, Gerald Ford's fall. And uh, then, we had, then we had the Trump uh walking well i don't know which one i want to air first because the trump ones are, are really really kind of good okay we can do the trump ramp walk and he's going down the ramp and remember what they said when trump was going down the ramp he needed help walking down the ramp and he was uh you know walking slow and uh so i watched this this weekend and i thought he didn't need help at all he's at uh west point i believe and he was doing the graduation ceremony and they've got a ramp there and he realizes ooh, a ramp i do not want to fall down this bad boy and i don't blame him nobody wants to fall down a ramp like that uh, most uh, particularly if you're president trump so he just takes it easy little one step at a time nobody helps him by the way the general or colonel or wherever the military guy there is does not help him the general is just like hey uh go ahead no problem take it easy well i'll, I'll walk with you i'm not going to jump <laughs> I'm going to put my arm on you and push you down the ramp. Hey, uh, come on. Now let's go. Give us a little, come on. Give us a little shove down the ramp. And man, they had a field day. A field day. Oh, look at the health of Donald Trump. He can't even walk down a ramp. Go to strip to fall. We need to get him help. What's going on? How bad is it? And it was just horrific that he had to, that he slowly walked down a ramp like humans do so they don't fall okay then we had fun with and and actually i hope the secret service person who was responsible for this was fired i don't want anybody to lose their job okay maybe reassigned reassigned i don't want people to lose their jobs he should be reassigned if you're the person that let president trump walk up the stairs of the airplane with toilet paper or a piece of paper stuck on his shoe you should be reassigned somewhere like maybe to the i don't know the northern front oh is that russia no never mind uh we have to send you to the canadian border because when trump climbs up the stairs here with the toilet paper it's really embarrassing and i think it's like a kleenex or something from the car right it's not <laughs> it's not actually toilet paper because i don't think i don't think the limo has a toilet in it but it's possible it does i mean that's it's got everything else but him walking up the stairs with <laughs> Someone needs to be reassigned over that. There's no doubt about that. Now, then you had, uh, and don't forget, we saw all those, right? And we saw how bad, uh, I mean, Gerald Ford could have been really devastated. Uh, Barack, President, former President Obama, if he, I mean, he caught himself and he was young enough and healthy enough to catch himself on that heel slip coming down those stairs. But had he not caught himself, it could have been disastrous. But let's see the Joe Biden quick slow-mo fall. Is it just the Joe Biden fall? Is it just a misstep or is it an actual fall? Because I see, I see his climbing, Mr. Uh, I got it okay. I missed, oh, 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 and oh, oh, yeah, the third time. And he goes down. So... Remember when Trump went down the ramp and he couldn't 
you know, the world, the world was, oh, my God, we're so worried about Donald Trump. And Joe Biden was on the campaign trail at that, at that time. And, and, and by the way, uh, even back then, uh, you see what a decline Joe Biden has had since then until now. But he was asked about Trump's walk or ginger slide down the ramp. And he's Mr. Smart Alec. Mr. I got you. Uh, oh, you see the way he walks? A step or two. Uh, what, what's your response to that? Look at how he steps and look how I step. <laughs> Watch how I run up ramps and he stumbles down ramps. Okay. Uh-huh. Come on. Okay, come on. Uh-huh. Yeah, we do. We, we have seen that. We have seen that, Mr. President. We have seen that. So, did anyone catch SNL this weekend? Because uh, I'm sure, I'm sure they had some kind of Joe Biden joke slipping and falling up the stairs, right? I'm positive that happened, right? Or, or they had, I don't know, the president's dog biting someone, a comedy bit with people leaving the Oval Office getting bitten by his dog. I mean, I could write those bits. I'm sure they had that. Or they had, they had a bit where Kamala was mad because she had to call all the world leaders because Biden was busy, I don't know what, petting his dog, rescuing people from biting. So Kamala had to call the world leaders. If I'm a world leader, by the way, I'm really ticked that Joe Biden doesn't call me. For the first call, the first call from the new, from the new administration of the United States of America is not the president, but it's his underling. <laughs> uh, no, I don't care what country you're from. That's a little annoying. And she just got back from uh, speaking at the UN. Well, well, I will talk a little bit about that too. Just unbelievable. But I'm sure Saturday Night Live went out of their way because they went out of their way. I mean, they brought in celebrities to play Donald Trump and make fun of Donald Trump the way he speaks. They brought in celebrities for that. So, oh, Jim Carrey was Joe Biden, right? I'm sure they brought Jim in to do the falls up the stairs and down the stairs and get bit by the dog and maybe get attacked by a dog running into running to meet him coming out of the air for out of the airplane, something like that, right? Did that happen? Because I doubt it. I didn't see any clips, but I doubt that that happened. I mean, Chevy Chase in the 70s, going all the way back to Gerald Ford, Chevy Chase made a career from falling on Saturday Night Live being Gerald Ford. He made a career. In fact, they, there's a montage of quick of the quick Gerald Ford fall with uh, Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live. I mean, he hurt his back. He talked about how, how he injured himself doing all these bits and prats on Saturday Night Live. But he mean, that's, that's what made his career. It's just incredible. And, but, but President Biden is off limits. Is that right? He's off limits for any kind of jokes. He's fine. It was a misstep. It was a windy day. Was it? <laughs> was it a windy day for everyone? Was it? And I mean, the the at least social media had fun with it over the weekend. You can search for him and find him. We you don't need to see him. That's fine. I mean, it's it's Joe with the you know with the electric seat and everything. But I will say, I am on record. I am on record on this very network, the Blaze Television and Radio Network. I've said it, I believe, on Chewing the Fat, and I'm for sure I've said it on the Blaze Television Network, that that's why if I were president, which, you know, obviously will (laughs) never happen, uh, that uh, day one, 
day one, I would make make it, that become an escalator getting into getting into Air Force One. I'm on record as saying that's what I would do, but I think I may have changed my day one uh, note. Now I may put like uh, the hydraulic food cart ramp that they use on the on the other side of the plane. So you know, the president, you just walk up, you step on that bad boy. And they take you up to the door because I think that'd be better because they could protect you better. You know, it'd be like kind of like the Pope Mobile, only just the hydraulic ramp with the bulletproof glass around you, especially you need it during, you know, COVID protocols. And and they just lift you up into the doorway. Huh? Day one. Day one that happens under my presidency. None of this other stuff, man. You are either going, I'm either going up the escalator or the hydraulic lift with the, you know, of course the. I mean, if they have to put the food carts on with me, <laughs> okay, that's fine. They can put the they can put the food carts on with me. That's fine. Don't worry about it. But I, I mean, that there's no question that happens day one. One of my favorite. I wish uh, this will never happen in real life. I saw one uh, Joe Buck call of President Biden's walk and fall. Uh, that I enjoyed and I was really excited because I thought maybe, maybe Joe Buck actually did the call. You know, like he'd been doing throughout the pandemic where he was doing, uh, taking videos and doing, uh, you know, the Joe Buck uh, broadcast football calls to the videos as people were sending him. And it was funny and it was good. But, oh, man, he could not touch uh, Joe Biden. So someone actually just put a football call uh with Joe Buck, which I'm sure he loves, uh, for the Joe Biden walk up the ramp. Do we have that? Keeps, gets a block, takes off, and he is gone. <laughs> Trying to stay oh, upright, oh. and he trips. Oh. Absolutely all alone, and he trips, <laughs> going to the end zone, and ends up carrying it as it is for 80. <laughs> so not quite as good as a separate call but pretty good pretty darn good i uh it's funny stuff but that's you know that's where we're at it's the social media that's the snl now right snl heaven forbid we can't do that oh my gosh no 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 that cannot happen at all but just be sure and i want to be clear as i'm here for uh steve days here on blaze television and radio network uh, today, uh, everything is fine. Everything is fine. Okay, I mentioned a little earlier. Kamala Harris made her debut at the UN, and uh, you know I wouldn't want President Biden to go before the UN, the new administration, uh, the president of the United States of America, the newest president, to speak at the UN. I don't want that to happen. I want to you know have him send Kamala, his do girl, just have her go speak at the the UN, and she she pledged to fight for women and democracy. Man. Nothing makes you prouder of being a United States citizen when you hear the vice president speak at the U.N. pledging fighting for women and democracy. And then we have uh, we have the U.S. talking with Israel on Iran. I'm sure that the United States is really concerned because Israel is never going to let Iran uh, get too much farther than where they're at now because iran has just revealed the a new underground missile city <laughs> oh, don't worry about it though it's fine we have good relations with iran and we've got great relations with with israel oh sure sure um 
we have a U.S. official document that talks about the Palestinian reset. <laughs> That's just it, though. I mean, it's just a rough draft. Right. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a, just a rough draft. And sure, our relations with China are fine. I mean, sure, Britain has said they want more nukes because the power shift is headed toward China, and we the only way for us to feel a little bit safer is to, you know, have more nukes. Sure, that's it, though. I mean, our relations with China are fine. I mean, we're our Secretary of State meeting with them up in Alaska. Sure, uh, they had a little confrontational encounter. Uh, their first meeting <laughs> and joe biden our president said he's proud of the secretary of state yeah uh don't worry about those nasty testy starts to high level meetings with with the chinese in anchorage eh, that's supposed to happen like that right i mean we'll get along we'll figure it out somehow right right and then we have uh kim jong-un's sister uh who is i think she's actually in charge of uh of North Korea. I mean, I, I, I would be surprised if uh, Kim is still alive, to be honest with you. But, you know, what do I know? He's probably, But she is, uh, she's the one running the joint now. And she gave a word of advice to the new administration of the United States that is struggling to spread the smell of gunpowder on our land from across the ocean. If it wants to sleep in peace for the coming four years, it had better refrain from causing a stink at its first step. Oh, okay. Thanks, sis. Thanks, sis. But our relations are fine with them. Don't worry about it. They're fine. Everything is fine. I mean, sure. What did I mention? China, uh, North Korea, uh, Israel, Iran, uh Great Britain. Uh, so what's left? Russia. Russia's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. We're expanding restrictions on exports to Russia in response to the chemical weapons poisoning. I mean, that's they're going after uh, Putin for taking care of one of his, uh, and he claims, of course, I mean, he had nothing to do with it, um, which, you know, I don't know who believes it, if anyone actually believes it, but it's what the man said. And so he's a world leader, and you would think that perhaps another world leader would at least, you know, pretend to take him at his word. But no, I mean, uh, no, I mean, Biden actually agreed with calling Putin a killer. <laughs> That's it, though. He's just another world leader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You think uh, Putin is a killer? Yeah, yeah, I do. So Russia has called back its U.S. ambassador. And earlier, uh, we had on Friday, uh, Vladimir Putin offered to speak by phone to President Joe Biden. And it was intended, according to them, uh, to prevent bilateral ties from completely falling apart over the remark about the Russian leader being a killer. And uh, it was clear that Putin wants to have a talk to maintain the relations. And so, but he wanted to make the call public to help diffuse tensions over biden's very bad remarks that's what dmitry peskov the spokesman boy that'd be a good gig right working for putin what did you say today dead uh did you did you say that did you say that no 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 i heard you dead uh or they just poisoned you and ship you off but uh 
So, I mean, you're saying what the band wants you to say. But as much as I want that to happen, and I believe that that would be, uh, that would be great to have a live call because it would be embarrassing. And I believe that President Biden would be embarrassed by a live call with Vladimir Putin. Wow. I mean, it's a little scary. So it was smart when uh, asked by reporters if he'll take Putin up on his offer to have the call. I'm sure we'll talk at some point. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I'll get to it. So, you know, that was not happening. <laughs> no way. And uh, he said that they had responded, so they took that as a no. Uh, and, and they also, uh, Petrov said, or Peskov, I don't want to call him by the right name. Sorry, bro. Uh, the uh, That uh, we're not going to ask again. We're not going to repeat the proposal. So lack of response means refusal to the conversation. Oh, okay. And I loved uh, Jen Psaki, who's a great White House press secretary. I mean, she's doing a great job. She, uh, when asked about the request, I don't have anything to report to you in terms of a future meeting, Jen said. The president will, of course, be in Georgia tomorrow and quite busy. Oh, yeah. we, we realize the president is going to be busy. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't want the president to be too busy to take a call. <laughs> That's, I mean, heaven forbid, heaven forbid that the president is too busy. In fact, the president is so busy right now that Jill Biden, you know, the first lady, she's going to hit the road. Uh, she's going to be out hitting the road to promote the latest COVID relief bill. She's going to be the key messenger on the White House's stimulus victory lap. Really? Really? I thought, I didn't, I mean, I'm pretty sure President Biden said and, and that he was going to hit the road. Now, maybe that was before he was actually president. And don't even get me started on if you believe he's, you know, the legitimate president because it doesn't matter now. The man is in office. And if you think for a second that it's going to get better if you get him out of office, I mean, no, it's not. Kamala is right there, man. She is... uh She's right there watching Joe fall on the steps. I mean, you can hear her. If you look at Joe Biden climbing these stairs right here, you can hear, hear Kamala Harris. <laughs> oh, darn, he didn't go all the way down. He goes up the stairs. Oh, my gosh, he, he just fell. He just fell again. Is he going to go down again? Yes, is he going to go all the way down and I'm going to be president and I don't have to do anything else but just have him fall down the stairs? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to fight for women and democracy. <laughs> Are you? Are you? But it's good. I mean, when did we... I know that the first ladies are out promoting their stuff and doing their things, and, and I got it. But they're going to be... I mean, are we back to Hillary and healthcare? And Jill and COVID relief. Good. Good, good, good. Because nothing, nothing breeds confidence in this administration, like your wife out promoting your 
new success and your new bill. We're going to spend more money for you people than you know. <laughs> but you got $1,400 coming. <laughs> Isn't life grand? It is. It is. We got $1,400 coming. Yay. Yay. And get your vaccination. Get your vaccination. And dude, I see, I see there's a long list of, uh, we talk uh, about uh, having your, uh, you know, your vaccination passport. But good news for the rest of this year, uh, which is 2021, uh, Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme is going to be giving a free donut to people with proof of vaccination. <laughs> I hope Jill mentions that on her tour out there promoting this bill for the president. Man, that's going to be good. <laughs> oh, they're, they want to incentivize people to get that COVID-19 vaccine by giving away a free donut. A free donut with the proof of vaccination. That's so good. Yeah, you don't have to get both of them. You got, if you've got one, you still get a free donut. You just have to bring your card in and they'll give you a free donut. I got news for you, Krispy Kreme. I, I mean, I'm a warm, hot Krispy Kreme donut. I can, you know, I may have eaten a few in my life, and I'm gonna come as a surprise. But you're gonna have to do better than a single donut a day. Well, even how about a six pack? How about a six pack of Krispy Kremes if I get vaccinated a day for the rest of the year? I'm up for that. I'm up for. Here's my vaccination card. And by the way, I'm sure that uh, counterfeit vaccination uh, notes will not be available. <laughs> no one's ever going to sell you counterfeit vaccination cards. <laughs> that would be wrong. The truth. Straight. No chaser. Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. This is Steve Dace. Well, kind of. I mean, it's the Steve Day Show, Steve Day's friends. But that's me, Jeff Fisher. Hi, how you doing? Uh, filling in for Steve today. Uh, 888-900-3393 is the number if you'd like to uh, participate in the show. Um, I, was, uh, I was just reading where the uh, Wax Museum in San Antonio had to take Trump down. And uh, I thought, Wow, they're taking Trump down. Well, it's not like a statue. I mean, it's, it's a statue of wax of the president, but or the former president, Jeff. Uh, but they're taking him down because people were punching him. It got damaged. People were punching the Trump wax <laughs> statue. And I thought, who goes to the wax? I could get wear and tear, you know, everyday wear and tear of the of the wax statue you know people putting their arms around you around the statue and they're taking their pictures or you know somebody's you know putting their hand on the face or kissing it or hugging it or whatever but to punch it and they say that it happens a lot like they said that people used to tear the ears off of obama and uh so they have to be you know taken down to get fixed now i hadn't heard that before and i know that there's several wax museums that share you know, and I mean, Disney's been closed, right? So, I mean, those statues are fine. So maybe you ship in a new one, but they, uh, they've got it just stay. They don't know when it's going to get fixed because the people who work on them 
are under, you know, COVID protocols. Apparently, you can't work on a wax statue if you're under COVID protocols. I don't know. I'm guessing that uh, you could probably put a mask on and work on the work on the you know the wax statue. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, you know what is it? The Tussaud Theater in San Antonio was part of Ripley Entertainment. Uh, all these uh, wax. And, uh, are you really going to a wax statue theater where you just walk around, you take your picture, you see whatever, you know, Ripley's Believe It or Not, hey, there's a picture of the fattest guy in the world, looks familiar. Uh, or you take a picture of the, you know, the, hey, there's a guy, that's how, that's how tall the guy was, the tallest guy in the world ever, that's him. And you take a picture and, uh, you know, you, you punch the wax statues, you rip the ears off of them because you didn't like the guy. No, stop it. Stop, I don't like the guy, so I'm going to punch the wax statue. Okay, all right, no problem. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense at all. Good news, though, speaking of masks, wearing masks and working on statues, I see where the CDC has, uh, you know, revised its guidance on social distancing in schools. Uh, Most students, and this is nice of the CDC, most students can sit three feet apart now instead of six feet apart. I know. I know. Now, that's if they're wearing masks, okay? Now, the recommendation is for K-12 through students, regardless of whether the community transmission is low, moderate, or substantial. Now, in communities where transmission is high, not low, moderate, or substantial, the CDC recommends that middle school and high school students, yeah, you still got to be six feet apart. Um, that's just that's just the way it is. If the schools aren't able to keep students and teachers in assigned groups, I know assigned group. Are we keeping students and teachers in assigned groups? Uh yeah, that kid uh, kid broke a protocol. He's in the assigned group uh, in uh, room uh, room A A twelve A twelve. So, I mean, that's good news, right? We're going to get those schools right back open someday. And it might not be a bad thing, some of the reports we're hearing of the school boards around the country. It might not necessarily be that bad a thing. I know the kids are struggling with, uh, you know, not seeing their friends, not seeing other students, and the whole, you know, school atmosphere kind of thing. Is really, it's been a long year for everyone. Uh, it's been a long year for everyone. It's you know we joked, uh, kind of joked, in the beginning about uh, once uh, the lockdown passes and you know divorces will be up because people had to spend time with each other instead of going out and you know stopping by and seeing the boyfriend on the way home or seeing the girlfriend on the way home, but you had to be with your spouse the entire time. You had to be with your children all day long and so i get it it's been a tough week a tough year for everyone and on top of it we get uh companies now are finding out that you know people that have been working from home they're really struggling because they're on call the companies just feel like they're on call 24 7 they're home yeah, they're home i can call them anytime they're working they call them i mean that makes it uh, ever more important to have some kind of self protocols of this is my work time, this is my off time. It's hard to do too 
real i mean it's real hard to do that i can i can understand how difficult that is for people because it's 24 7 and you're there you got the phone you got your you got your handheld computer with you at all times social media email you're in contexting with phone you're in contact with with everyone around the world 24 hours a day seven days a week unless you find a way to shut it off <laughs> uh, that's not going to happen you know that right uh, of course you do and i see where uh, the bbc is reporting where covid masks and social distancing could last for years wow i mean i'm not i'm not a, a rabid anti-masker you want to wear a mask wear your stupid mask if you feel safe wearing a mask wear your mask and i am all for the private companies if they feel like they want you to come into their business and they want you to wear a mask then okay fine if i want to do business with you i'll wear a mask if i don't want to do business with you i won't wear a mask that's my choice i i mean i just it drives me insane and they're not going to give they're the people who are in power now that want to continue that power, which they took during the COVID-19 pandemic, they took and they loved it. They're not going to go away easy. So it's time. I mean, there's plenty of people that are now saying enough is enough. And if all the people who are uh, against wearing the masks don't wear the mask and say, screw you, do what you're going to do. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm going to do business. I'm not wearing a mask. Um, what happens? They're going to arrest everybody? No. They're going to arrest you? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, get ready for that. And, I, you know, look, I, Europe, Germany, and France, they're getting ready for another wave of lockdowns. Uh, countries are starting to, you know, oh, my gosh. We started letting people walk around without masks. And the rate went you know, the rate stayed the same, so we need to lock it down. I mean, rates are going down. I know that some places the rates are going up, but many of the places, the rates are the same as they were with the ones that were wearing masks. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. It's just people not wanting to give up their power. I know that. I know that. I get it. And, and look, cities and counties are busy hanging on as hard as they can i mean miami miami beach is already closing its causeways and telling businesses they can't open and people are are on a curfew at night because we've got too many people too many too many people are there now the funny thing is is that a lot of people were committing crimes uh, while they were there so it wasn't all about the mask but it was a good way to close it down and continue their grasp on power by using the COVID protocols to shut places down and also, you know, worry about the crime, save the crime a little bit. So, I mean, I know everybody hates Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis for the state of Florida, and everybody hates Greg Abbott now because he, uh, you know, not only he gets it from both sides. <laughs> Thank you. You quote me on that. Uh, 
he gets he got it from the people who didn't want him to mandate masks in the state and now that he's come back off of that he gets it from the other people that say a killer super spreader state of texas we hate you what are you doing and so now it wasn't worth it you know what you know what actually happened right i mean they had cpac in florida right and uh that whole week of cpac you heard about desantis you heard about christy gnome and there was no mention of greg abbott (sighs) nothing about texas man you had ted cruz do his fiery speech that was it and greg saw that and said hey how come nobody's talking about me what about texas what about me and so then he realized uh greg maybe you probably shouldn't uh you know mandated the whole state mask thing and while it didn't do any different nothing is different in the state i i'm sorry i i have not seen a, a this huge difference in the state of texas since the governor said well the state's not going to mandate tech, uh, masks i haven't seen it i live in the state of texas i live in, in dfw the the dallas fort worth metroplex and i haven't seen any big difference people are still going to the stores people are still out and about traffic is still uh, cranked back up again maybe maybe a couple of days a week traffic isn't as bad as it used to be but it's pretty close pretty close and we're gonna have to have a lesson today speaking of traffic we are going to have to have a lesson today on roundabouts because i almost smashed my car on friday driving in a roundabout and it wasn't my fault i know everybody thinks it wasn't their fault but it wasn't and it was because people do not know how to drive a roundabout and they continue to put them in and we need lessons on roundabouts so i think i'm going to give you a lesson maybe we'll have a little roundabout driving lesson today on steve day's show uh with jeff fisher and so you get an idea i don't know maybe i, should, I wonder if i could probably steal a chalkboard from glenn beck we're here at mercury studios but he's probably got the great reset on both sides of those chalkboards so i'll just you know we'll just pretend that we've got a chalkboard <laughs> you know find me a, just somebody find me one of those big chalkboards that doesn't have the great reset on it so we've been talking about uh rough greens on this network and this show for quite a while now and it's a powder that you sprinkle over your dog's food it's really simple but that simple act means you're providing your dog with essential vitamins and minerals and probiotics and omega oils basically all the things he or she needs to be healthier and happier and have a more active lifestyle now most dogs love this stuff right out of the gate i've witnessed it i've witnessed dogs walking up to the bowl and they kind of you know give a sniff and they say hey that's not bad and then they tear right into it now i've heard some stories where dogs even picky ones who literally wolf their food down as soon as their food is sprinkled with rough greens and you know obviously you can't blame them but uh all the dry kibble food that we feed the dogs has had all the nutrients cooked out of it so it can have a long shelf life it's on the shelf a long time but it's not really good for your dogs it's just dead food but once in a while i'm told that dogs take a little bit to get used to rough greens so you know you're going to want to see if your dog will eat rough greens now you can get a free bag of rough greens for your dog to try out 
All you have to do is pay for shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com, roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F-G-R-E-E-N-S dot C-O-M, roughgreens.com. Uh, you can call, too. They, they actually have a phone number in today's world. 833-ROUGH-DOG, 833-R-U-F-F-DOG. But most importantly, let's get your dog feeling excited about living and healthy again with Rough Greens. And if you think there might be a problem, let's get you a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out right now. All you have to do is pay for the shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com, roughgreens.com. All right, so do we have a, Do I have time? Uh, maybe I should. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if I have time for a, a roundabout training. But uh, um, speaking of good things happening in your life, I know that we're getting rid of uh, we're getting rid of children's books. Uh, heaven forbid we have do- some Dr. Seuss books on the shelf or even anywhere for you to see. We don't want them anywhere. All right, we don't want you buying them on on eBay. We don't want you seeing them on YouTube. We don't want you talking about it on any of the social, other social media accounts. We don't want, even want you to be able to go online and purchase them. Okay, we don't want that. Now, sure, if you see somebody trying to sell a Dr. Seuss book <laughs> at a yard sale, report them. Report them because what they should be reading is the new Simon and Schuster book that they're going to release about Dr. Fauci. Uh, I know it looks, the book is called Dr. Fauci, how a boy from Brooklyn became America's doctor. Now I find it interesting that the cover doesn't have him wearing a mask. Maybe I hope inside the book, they show Dr. Fauci wearing a mask and they show him, you know, he was, he's all part of our lives, but uh, the, the, the book's author, Kate Messner, and illustrated by Alexandra Bai, uh, is uh, scheduled for release this June. And you can pre-order it right now if you, you know, so desire. Because, I mean, who doesn't want to have doesn't want to have a Dr. Fauci children's book in their house? You don't want Dr. Seuss. All right? You want the Simon & Schuster, Dr. Fauci, How a Boy from Brooklyn Became America's Doctor. That's what you want. That's what you want. Now, perhaps in this book, they could talk about how, and I don't know, it might be a little bit too deep for the kid, for the children's book, but they've created an algorithm at the University of Copenhagen that has managed to predict up with a 90% accuracy whether someone undiagnosed is at risk of dying from COVID-19. I know. I mean, you think, well, okay, cool. I kind of like that. Uh, kind of like that. So it can predict with 90% accuracy if you're going to die from the coronavirus before you've been infected. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good artificial intelligence-based computer algorithm. Now, the other question of that is do you want to know? Do you really want to know that? Now, they studied you know, almost 4,000 cases positive cases and they had uh, they looked for external validation and some risk factors and you know bmi and hypertension and and, and i'm sure that once you get the vac <laughs> makes me laugh that you're getting a you know that you could go get a donut a day from uh <laughs> from the donut factory uh 
you know, if you have your vaccine, one of the things that you're trying to avoid is being overweight. And so you get your vaccine. That means we can go back. That nothing says America. Like, get your vaccine and continue to be fat. I love that. That's what, that is America, my friends, okay? That's why we live, that's why we love America. But, back to the, back to the algorithm. I don't know that I want to know. I don't want the algorithm to tell me, uh, you're going to die. Wait, what? I am? I'm going to die? I don't want to know that. Don't show that to me. Jeff Fisher filling in for Steve today. He's off gallivanting, doing something. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's March Madness related, but I don't know that for sure. But I'm told that he's going to be back tomorrow. So Dace and Friends is back on the air tomorrow. Uh, the Steve Day Show here on the Blaze Radio and Television Network. You can uh, participate by dialing 888-900-3393, or you can uh, subscribe and follow me on my personal show chewing the fat with jeff fisher you can subscribe it's available wherever podcasts uh, are available and you can follow me on uh, my social media accounts at jeffy jfr on twitter and uh, facebook instagram and whatever's left of parlor jeff fisher radio so uh, you can join me there you know uh thank you for coming along for the ride today i saw where we talked a little bit about last hour about the cdc uh revising their uh their updates for schools and students uh, being uh, how far they have to be apart. But they also, uh, last week, I think it was last week, uh, made uh, an announcement that uh, people should have a plan to survive the zombie apocalypse. Now, this was the CDC. Now, as a person who, you know, I mean, I've watched The Walking Dead from day one. Uh, I do a a special podcast, Talking Walking Dead. I understand the zombie apocalypse. I've lived in hurricane areas in Florida. Uh, We are we had a big winter storm here, so I understand preparedness for storms. You know that have water, food, medications, tools, supplies, sanitation, clothing, bedding, important documents, first aid supplies. I get all that. Be ready, and that's what the CDC's point was. Uh, not necessarily a zombie apocalypse, but be prepared. And if a zombie apocalypse d- does happen, which I'm sure couldn't happen because we've all been vaccinated, right? Anyway, the uh, you know be prepared, and le- being prepared is tough business. I know that. I mean, we lived. In, I lived in Florida. You know, my family lived in Florida forever, and it's always a you know it was we we learned that always. It's a good thing to have something for you know a few days or a week. Just be prepared. And then I saw a new book uh, out that is uh, the military guide to Armageddon. Okay, and it's called "Battle Tested Strategies to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Times." Not exactly what the CDC was telling us to do, but. It is a great idea. Now, Colonel David uh, Giamana and uh, Troy Anderson uh, wrote this book, and I was going through it this weekend, and I thought, you know, I should probably talk to one of these guys. 
And the colonel said, yeah, Jeff, I'd love to talk to you, but I'm busy. Talk to Troy. So, Troy Anderson, uh, welcome to the broadcast. How in the world are you, sir? Oh, it's, it's uh, good to be on your show. Uh, thanks for coming on. And I, and I appreciate uh, the idea of the military guide uh, to Armageddon. Now, uh, you know, obviously, uh, none of us want Armageddon to actually appear. But it's good to be prepared, right? So I'm looking at... Uh, uh, I'm going through the chapters of the book, and I'd like to just maybe go through the chapters and get your uh, first thought on what your first thought of for each chapter is that uh, that is uh, you know number one on your mind when you when you get to that chapter, you yourself, Troy, think, oh yeah, this this is what I wanted people to know, and because uh, when you started writing this, did you have actual armageddon in mind you, you know i you know as a reporter at the la daily news different newspapers been a journalist for 30 years and over the last decade i've been investigating are, are we really moving into these end time events that yeah. the bible talks about and uh, after my last book trumpocalypse came out the colonel got a hold of me out of the blue said he'd written this book called the making of a warrior and he asked it asked me to help him write edit and get this published and he told me that by the time the book came out, this is back in early 2018, he said by the time the book came out, it'd be a completely different world. And this is long before the pandemic and all the loss of freedoms that we've experienced and just all this craziness wow. that's happened over the last year. So he was right. It came out on January 5th, right as the Capitol, right before the Capitol riots uh, broke out. So. Do you mean one six? I mean, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. So as you uh, get through the different parts, now there's two parts. There's battle ready and obviously basic training, but uh, and then we get into advanced tactics. And I don't know that everyone, you know, I, I talked a little bit about how difficult it is. You know, everybody wants to have that idea of being prepared, but it is a process, right? So uh, you know, becoming battle ready, and I know that there's uh, you know eight parts of battle ready and you you start out with the making of a warrior what's first and foremost on that yeah so the 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 entire book is designed to take you through what's called the making of a warrior process you know the military they transform uh, civilians into soldiers who can fight in combat so the what the colonel does he takes his three decades of experience as a chaplain and a colonel translates those into like you know sort of spiritual warfare kind of terms so this book is designed to take you through the Make it a warrior process, so you you know grow in your faith, become a stronger, uh, uh, you know stronger in your faith, and you can with God's help, you know navigate all these different things that are going on. So today. I mean, really, that really is you know all encompassing of battle readiness, right? I mean, you have to uh, you know you have to have be prepared for that for sure. Yeah, the military has a term called battle ready, and so you know they they constantly train in case there's a war they got to fight. And so, you know, the Bible talks about putting on the full armor of God. Talks about you know spiritual warfare, walking in supernatural uh, faith and protection. And so, so this book is designed to teach you all those things the Bible talks about, but related to the military. You know, the Bible also says the angels are organized in, in a military fashion, and it refers to yeah. God as the Lord God of armies. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, you know, that, that kind of uh, you know uh, imagery throughout the Bible. Right now, it talks about uh, part three is knowing your enemy. Do I mean are we specifically uh, naming enemies, or are we just kind of all encompassing all our enemies? 
Yeah, so that, that chapter is designed to help people, you know, identify who exactly is the enemy. And, you know, according to the Bible, our, our, our primary enemy is, is spiritual in nature. Yeah. The forces of, you know, heaven and hell are in this gigantic battle sort of going on behind the scenes, and we're sort of caught here in the middle. So this helps you identify who the true enemy is. You know, it's not your neighbor. It's not your, you know, somebody, remember your family or some political figure. It's, it's, it's spiritual in nature. So this helps you identify that. And then, you know, gives you strength strategies and how to be victorious in the virtual battle so i mean i watched justice league this weekend uh, zach snyder's justice league so i mean I'll, i'm ready for the battle i'm ready for there no problem good and evil it's all it's all there <laughs> so when you talk about uh you know vid- vision and courage and the fogs of war what are we what are we talking about as far as using all of those for battle readiness because i I'm, I'm i feel like i feel like we we already know uh, we just need to act. Is is that where we're where we're ending up in this book? Because I feel like you know what we we already know this. Yeah. So when the military talks about the fog of war is one of that, that terms, and it refers to that when you, despite all the training you do, when you actually end up in some you know like in the military, you end up in a war or in, in life, you end up in some gigantic crisis, yeah. you know, so everything goes out the window. And so all the training, all this sort of, you know, spiritual disciplines, Bible reading, prayer, you know, fellowship, being, uh, you know, learning to grow in your faith, you know, all these different things help you get trained and ready. So when there is a big crisis, you know, you can, you know, tap into essentially, you know, the power of God and help you navigate through the whole Well, thing. I mean, we've, so we've said... what the fog of war is about in a... We've said plenty of times on this network. I mean, you have to know what you believe before uh, before something bad happens. Otherwise, you're just you're just guessing, right? And you don't want to guess because right. you're going to take the wrong direction. Uh, if you're just guessing, the odds are against you. Being prepared helps in making those decisions because you already know this is the direction I'm supposed to go, and you don't have to think about it, right? I mean, that's most important. So. When you get into part two and the basic training, uh, you know, you talk about boot camp and the Spartan warrior training. Um, what, what, are we, what are we most are we are we talking about, uh, you know, running through the mud and and uh, uh, burying ourselves in the water up to our neck and figuring out how to get out of it? Or are we talking about actual mental warrior training? Well, you know, the, the chapter on Spartan warrior training, that was, that was pretty interesting And the Colonel and I, you know, put that together. You know, the Spartans were known for being, you know, fierce warriors yeah. and uh, hi- highly trained in battle. You know, you might have saw that movie, The 300 and that kind of thing. And so th- this chapter is designed, it, it's not just phys- it's not just spiritual, but it's also physical. In order to be, you know, mentally and, and psychologically and spiritually healthy, you also got to, you know, do physical exercise. So we, we talk about that in there, you know, the Bible says physical exercise is good for you, but there's also a sort of advanced tactics of spiritual warfare in there. You know, uh, the, the Bible talks about the gifts of the spirit and how to, you know, utilize those as we go into some of those things. We're talking to Troy Anderson, a co-author of uh, The Military Guide to uh, Armageddon, Battle-Tested Strategies to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Times uh, that uh, he co-authored with uh, Colonel David Giamana. And uh, I was, as I was going through it, uh, this weekend, I especially after I uh, I saw um, the CDC uh, go, recommending uh, what to do to be prepared against the zombie apocalypse, and then you know, of course, I watched you know four hours of Justice League, and uh, you know, good and evil. Well, now we uh, do we have our own superheroes? Are, are we just becoming our own superheroes? Is that the point? I mean, really, we you know there aren't 
superheroes that we know of uh, yet. So, uh, I mean, we have to just become our own superheroes, right? Well, that, that's sort of the idea behind this book is sort of help help inspire and encourage and, and raise up what's what the Colonel and I call end times warriors of God. You know, so if you read the Bible, essentially there's all these sort of ordinary people that God uses in extraordinary ways. There's all these supernatural miracles that occur. And the Bible tells us as we move into the end time, Times, there's going to be similar people that are going to you know be, be on the earth doing God's work and that kind of thing. So this book is designed to sort of raise up those, those spiritual warriors, uh, you know, who can do you know take take the good news to all the world and and do all things that God's called us to do. So uh, this particular book you wrote with the Colonel, and obviously you got together uh, after uh, Trump apocalypse. How did that? Uh, how did uh, Trump apocalypse go for you? Oh yeah, all these books were all number one bestsellers. The uh, Military Guide to Armageddon just hit number one twenty-seven on Amazon out of thirty-three million books. So they've all been nice. as part of this decade-long investigation. You know, is this stuff really happening? I've done over two hundred interviews. You know, I interviewed Billy Graham several years ago. He said signs of the end of the age are converging for the first time since Jesus made those made these predictions. And then recently, there's a LifeWay poll said now. Nine in ten pastors see signs of the end times and current events. So, so there's sort of this consensus, at least in the faith community, that we, you know, we very well be moving into this time of history. Troy Anderson, uh, the military guide to uh, Armageddon. What's next for you, sir? Well, the, the, the publisher just asked us to write the second book in the series. We're, we're beginning to work on that now, and we may have a possible film. And also, we, we launched Battle Ready Ministries, and we're do, we'll be doing conferences at churches, uh, spiritual boot camps around the country. Nice. So where can I go to find out more about that? Go, go to battle-ready.org. And then our websites are troyanderson.us and davidjgiamona.com. Fantastic. Uh, Troy Anderson, thank you for your time, and I appreciate it. The name of the book is uh, uh, The Military Guide to uh, Armageddon, Battle Tested Strategies to Prepare for Your Life and Soul for the End Times. Thank you, Troy. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me today thank on you, Steve Day's show. Uh you know, I know that we are concerned about Armageddon. I get it. But one of the things that got me through four hours of Justice League uh, this weekend, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, we can... <laughs> my favorite, I think, was early out in the movie. Noble Queen, you can't. Why fight? I am in love with Steppenwolf. You know, not the 70s band, uh, but the, uh, you know, the actual, uh, well, he's not the devil. He works for the devil, but he's pretty close. He's like the devil's number two guy. <laughs> but the thing that got me through, Brooker's Founding Flavors ice cream. I know. I know. I'm telling you, I went into the freezer in the kitchen, and I, I when the Brookers came last week, I put them in the back freezer in the garage. And uh, uh, then I, I, of course, I posted it on, uh, you know, my social media accounts that look what came. And I get, you know, my wife is like, wait, what? The ice cream came? And, uh, you know, my kids are like, oh, what? The ice cream came? Yeah, no, nah, it was just a picture I took. They're not really here. Uh, That's just a picture I took. So they're not really here in the house. But I put them in the back freezer. So, uh, this, you know, we're watching Justice League and I'm like, I got to have some ice cream. I got to have some ice cream. And I go to the freezer in the kitchen and there's still some ice cream in that freezer i know it's a surprise that i that i'll eat ice cream in my life uh because uh, i'm me but there's ice cream that is from those other places 
ice cream from those other stores that are just, well, I mean, they call themselves ice cream, but they're not really ice cream. And they're not, they're made from communists. All right. That's one of the things that Brooker's Founding Flavors is known for. They're founding flavors. Okay. And you don't have to worry about it being made by a bunch of lefties. Okay. You got ice cream you can love and be proud to eat. Now, Brooker's Founding Flavors ice cream delivers the ice cream with that historical twist right to your house. I know. Incredible. And during the month of March, you can try out the Guns of Boston flavor, which has chunks of Little Debbie oatmeal cream pie in it. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's two of some of the best things in the world. A little Debbie and <laughs> ice cream is so good. It celebrates uh, evacuation day when the British were forced out of Boston during the Revolutionary War. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's right. Ice cream with a historical twist. And since it's the month of March, you got to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, right? So it's got uh, the magically delicious ice cream, the St. Patrick's Day ice cream. It's got mint Oreo cookies and cream. Chocolate chip brownies and Andy's mints all blended into one tremendous scoop of ice cream. It's awesome. You're going to find all these flavors and a whole lot more. I had the uh, my favorite this weekend that I tore into during uh, during Justice League was uh, the Abigail uh, chocolate and toffee crunches. Oh my gosh! And marshmallow swirl in the with the marshmallow. Oh, <sighs> it was so good. But you could try them all. Just go to brookersicecream.com, click on the Ship Nationwide tab, order your ice cream, and it comes right to your door. You don't even do anything else. Just go to brookersicecream.com, click on Ship Nationwide, get your order and have it delivered right to your house. I mean, that is America. That is America. Ice cream, historical twist, and some of the best ice cream in the world. It's not, you know, the the ice cream that you get from the stores that are so, well, cheap. And you think, oh, I'll just get a half gallon, which isn't even a half gallon anymore. Uh, and you sit down and you eat a whole lot of it and you feel sick. On top of feeling nasty because you're giving money to commies. But the ice cream just isn't that good. But you eat Brooker's ice cream. It's got, I don't know, 14 to 18 to... I don't know, a thousand percent butterfat. It really doesn't have a thousand percent. That's not true. But it's so good and so thick and so creamy. It is worth every penny. Brookersicecream.com. Click on that ship nationwide tab. Brookersicecream.com. Ship nationwide right to your house. And then it comes in the dry ice. It's so cold, it's still frozen iced when it comes to your house. You have to leave it out for a little bit, even just to start eating it. And you, not that I just take it right out of the box, frozen ice, and try to dig right into it because it doesn't quite work. It doesn't quite work. You got to put, I'll tell you a trick though. <laughs> you get yourself a little glass of hot water, and then you put the spoon in the hot water, and then you can use the spoon in the frozen ice cream and get it taken out. Just dips up a little bit while you're, if you can't wait for it to heat up a little bit. I'm just saying, it's, a, it's an idea that. It's an idea that you could do, right? Just saying, it's possible you could do that. <laughs> so, what are we doing at the border? 
what are we doing at the board speaking of i mean maybe these people are coming across the border they want to get to brooker's ice cream maybe that's what they're coming across the border for i don't know i mean we are being a lot of people are saying we're being invaded we're being invaded by uh immigrants that are illegal i know they're just searching for a better life i know they are but uh it's starting to get really out of control i know you think to yourself wait is it really yes yes it is now would you have abc and i know it's martha raddatz and she's you know kind of you know trying to spread it a little bit as we lean it toward uh you know it's it's not really joe biden's fault but it is it's really trump's fault and what's going on when she interviews someone and they say oh yeah we're we're here because of joe biden i mean it's not i mean if what happened with trump if he was still president now we wouldn't be here now this guy was from brazil brazil i don't know if you know this brazil is one of the hottest spots in the world for COVID 19 right now and i talked to a guy not long ago that was just in brazil and he was explaining to me one of the reasons that he felt it was such a uh such a super spreader country and it's just that they have not really uh dealt with the lockdowns and covid protocols right because he was talking about going into a restaurant and uh very few people had masks and he was talking about how in brazil the brazilian pizza parlors and companies how they you know when you go into a pizza place you sit down and you order your pizza yeah i'll take uh, you know i want a slice of pepperoni i want a slice of mushroom i want a slice of pineapple whatever and they bring you the slice or the whole entire pie and you know you get what you get there you go in brazil they bring the pizzas out to the table you know, it's like a it's like a, a, a gourmet choose your pizza, and so everybody's breathing out the pizzas. Oh, what's that one? Oh, that one that looks good. What's the other one? Is that what's that? What's on that one? And we're just I mean we're just super spreading. So it could be that that's you know part of the problem in Brazil. I don't know that. I just know what I was told. But ABC's Martha Raddatz, in her in-depth coverage of the illegal alien uh, uh, invasion at the border, uh, interviews this guy from Brazil. And, I mean, when ABC is making this part of their coverage, it's a crisis. It's a crisis at the border. And they also made sure that this guy made Joe Biden... uh, First, he says, absolutely, if Joe Biden was president, I wouldn't be here. Oh, yeah, but there's violence in my country. There's violence in my country. That's why I'm here. Don't forget that. There's violence in my country and Joe Biden. I mean, it's just incredible. Hey, listen to, watch this, watch this little clip that they see. This father who asked that we not show his face traveled to Mexico from Brazil with his wife and three young kids before crossing Wait, pause the border. for a second. Would you have I tried mean, to do this? Incredible. Right, you travel from Brazil to the Mexican United States border. Now it doesn't say how he traveled. I mean, are we to assume that he walked? <laughs> Cuz that's a hell of a walk. From Brazil 
to the Mexican-United States border? I mean, I don't know the exact amount of miles, but you're putting holes in your shoes. You're putting holes in your shoes. Uh, yeah, we can start over. Absolutely. We can go from the beginning. No problem. Uh, if that makes it easy, just just do that. Because uh, it's just incredible to me. I mean, I we have to know. Look, find out how many miles it is just from the Brazil border to the Mexican-U.S. border. Okay? All right. Here's Martha Raddus on ABC. Sorry. This father, who asked that we not show his face, traveled to Mexico from Brazil with his wife and three young kids before crossing the border. Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president? Definitely not. Oh, definitely. 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 We had the chance, you know, the the same violence that is going on today was there last year. We Uh used to watch the the news and uh, I I definitely won't do this. So did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president? Basically. 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 Uh, The main thing was the violence in my country. And the second thing, uh, I think, was Joe Biden. Main thing was, I think it was Joe Biden. I think it was Joe Biden. So you could fly from Sao Paulo. (laughs) You could fly from Sao Paulo to five cities in the U.S. Eight and a half hours in an aeroplane. I mean, come on now. Come on. How many hours does it take to get from Brazil? Yeah, yeah, a little over eight hours if you're flying. Can you drive from the U.S. to Brazil? Let's see. Uh, Pan American Highway, driving to north of South America. Easier prospect. Uh, okay, you can drive from Prudhoe Bay, Alaska to... Oh, I don't care about that. I want to talk about driving from... I don't care about Alaska to Brazil. That's, I want to talk about USA to Brazil. And you can fly for 800 bucks. So if you can get in, no problem. <laughs> I got to get the map out and figure it out. So, I mean, you're walking with your wife and children from Brazil to the United States of America. Well, to the border in hopes that you're going to, you know, hop the flotation device across the river and get into the country and then walk some more until, well, we give you a bus ride to Dallas, Texas. And you can stay, you know, we're building houses for you. And we got a convention center for you to stay in. And you just hang out there. And you're, you're, we're positive that that's his wife and kids, right? We're positive. Of, we're not? We're not positive of that? Oh, okay. Because he said it. So we've got to take him at his word. I mean, I wouldn't want to. I don't want to double check that at all. I just take them as their word. Is it, this is your wife and kid? Yes, it's my wife and kids. Yeah, and the violence in my country. We had uh, violence, right, woman? Yes, that's correct. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, and we're not allowed to talk about it. It's not a crisis. It's not. It's just we've undone everything. The the, the Mexican uh, government. Is, knows that it's a problem. They knew it was going to be a problem, and we've created this crisis. And I, 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 I don't think that we can say, "Oh, Joe Biden doesn't know what he's doing," because he does. He talked about this on the campaign trail. He talked about opening it up. People were ready to. That's why they they waited. They waited, especially after, uh, you know, after they knew. Uh, they waited. Because they knew, oh, Joe Biden's president. All right. 
after January, we're fine. We can hang out in this in this tent city here in Mexico, and we'll wait until after January, and then we can sneak across into the United States and live in tent cities there. I mean, and who is coming across? Are they all? I find, I find it impressive that Martha Raddus pulled out a who are we're to believe is a husband, the wife, and the children, not just the young men that are coming across the border, who we don't know how old they are. We're told they're somewhere between 14 and 17, maybe. Uh, Many of them do appear to be older than that. Uh, So they're young men, which lends to that argument of being invaded. (laughs) Sending a bunch of people into the U.S. But I know we've got kids. We saw, we actually, I know the media is, Picked that they won't allow, they won't, they're not being allowed in seeing the uh, detainment centers or the living space that we're providing for people who are so scared they have to leave their own country and they want to come into the United States and, and change their life around. And so we did get some video uh, this weekend that uh, was released that showed the the detainment centers and just how really good they looked. And maybe we didn't get that video, just how good they looked, but it was full of young kids and, and we care. Um, what's that? Okay. That's fine. Let's see the tent. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tent said, yeah. I mean, these are just, these are just people that want to come to the country for a better life. They're here. And we're going to bust them all over the country. Isn't that beautiful? Look at that. Ah. I mean, I don't know what else you do. I, I, I mean, other than we have to turn them back. Right? We can't send them into the country, which is what we're doing. We just can't. We just can't. And yet, that's exactly what we're doing. Good times. Good times. Good This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Steve Dace. Okay, welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Jeff Fisher in for Steve. Uh, 888-900-3393. If you are a Middle Eastern, Central American (laughs) expert, I want to know. Because I'm busy. I'm told now that you can't walk from Brazil to the United States. Yet, we just talked to a man. Martha Raddus talked to him. Where he's from Brazil at the United States-Mexican border. Brought his wife and kids. We're to believe, if we believe, we'll take him at it. We'll take him at it. We'll take him at his word. Even though he's already a criminal. By coming into this country illegally. But you know what? We'll take him at his word. Okay? So according to this. All right. Uh, somebody said, I'd say no. You couldn't walk from Brazil to uh, the U.S. Uh, not only because it's almost seventy-five hundred miles, and I'm guessing that you know you could probably cut that down because you don't know exactly where that's from. Brazil's a pretty big country. I mean, if you could start at the farthest point, I'm sure he lived right at the closest point in Brazil to the United States. 
and you could and that's on the pan american highway but i'm told that the darien gap right that's where the fark people are right and the fark people are good people they are welcoming they are saying hey we are just like the united states if you come to the darien gap we will welcome you with open arms and give you a hug wait no they're the revolutionary armed guards of colombia oh i'm thinking of something else then uh they now they did sign the FARC people did sign a ceasefire agreement a couple years ago so you got to take them i'm sure there's no more killing in colombia going on i'm sure they're not i'm sure that's that's not happening i mean so i'm to believe and i don't know how the guy got there with his wife and kids i mean you would think that if you were really concerned about the violence in brazil and i don't know this i mean i i really i'm not i'm i don't want to make light of a family being scared for their lives and to get out which is why it's portrayed the way it is but there's got to be another way right there's got to be another way than sneaking across the border because there's no way this guy walked from brazil to the mexican united states border with a wife and two kids hung out for a while waited for joe biden to be president and then ah, we're gonna sneak across the border we're in the country now and now i'm living you know under a tent in uh you know el paso wherever he was i don't know where he was you know he certainly maybe he was bust into dallas i don't know but no way i'm sorry no how are they getting how how are they getting there i mean you are not <laughs> i'm sorry jose and his wife jose jose b and the kids jose c and d are not walking from brazil to the united states mexican border they're just not it just isn't so so i mean at the very least you're talking about what four or five thousand miles on foot then plus you're going through the what it, what i just learned is called the dairying gap makes it makes me want to go there really and just party with the fark people and lick frogs and get high and be in the be in the rainforest and the jungles but okay i mean i guess maybe you could do it with uh you know on a motorcycle maybe wasn't there the guy that did that there was the motorcycle guy right i thought there was a guy that did that he wrote the book plus we had the book a hundred years ago oh that was just here in the u.s the art of motorcycle maintenance and zen that didn't go through the Darien gap though so never mind just talking off the top of my head i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) so bad it's so bad why am i why am i just concerned just it really really threw me that this guy is from brazil i mean i'm i he wasn't (sighs) we have to stop it we're being invaded we are we're being invaded now is it a you know are we being invaded for a war not the war that kind of war but we're being i mean we are being invaded and they're illegal at the point of crossing the border 
build the freaking wall and why why i mean anything that trump did is bad so biden no matter what whether it was a good thing or possibly a good thing it didn't matter because trump touched it so it's bad we have to get rid of it kamala harris couldn't even live in, at the naval observatory because mike pence lived there and he she has to redecorate and repaint it and hose it down before she even moves in there she won't even move in with her and her hubby until it gets decontaminized from mike pence so anything that came close to donald trump is gone whether it was kind of good or kind of bad didn't matter it's gone have a nice day so i you know I don't know. I don't have an answer other than turn them away. I do have a, uh, an idea, though. Since we don't want to spend the money on the products for the wall, I know that you know building it obviously costs money. Why don't we use the windmill blades? I mean, that's been my idea forever. We're try. They're mad that we have to just throw the used windmill blades in a in a hole in the middle of uh, some some forest some field because they won't deteriorate it takes hundreds of years or thousands of years for them to deteriorate you see how huge those things are just use those as the wall stick those blades in the ground that's the wall have a nice day i know i'm an idea man you're welcome it's just just throwing it out there a little bit so friday i'm driving home from these very studios mercury studios in uh in Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. And we in Texas and I'm I'm guessing many places around the country have now believed that we need to put in what they call a roundabout. Okay? And if you're unfamiliar with what a roundabout is, and maybe I'll just <laughs> so I don't have a chalkboard, I can show you that this is Oh no, I already drew it wrong. Uh, this is a roundabout, and that's where you don't have to stop. There's no stoplight at the intersection, okay? It's just everybody comes up and kind of yields, and you get an idea of, oh, hey, I can go, and you do your turn, whether it's a right turn or it's a left, and you go all the way around to make the left. You go all the way around the circle to make the turn, but you have to kind of decide you know, which way you're going, <laughs> so you're driving all the way around if you're going to make the turn so when you get into the turn you, every corner has a yield every corner has a yield okay you can't see it can you no you can't all right you can, every corner <laughs> looks like a sign on the on the cave wall i should have <laughs> it's my it's my hieroglyphics of the roundabout uh so when you come up if you're going to make a right if there's no car coming to your your left around the the circle, you go right. If you're going to go what's considered straight, same thing. All right. There's if there's no car on the other side or that car is is going, and so it keeps traffic flowing. And I actually I kind of like them because it does keep traffic flowing better than a light because you don't have to come to it. Stop. Wait for the light. And you don't have to wait. 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 Everybody's either smoking their cigarettes or on their phones. And I might say that I haven't smoked in quite a while now. And only once in a great while do I come up to a red light and every car around me is smoking. And I want to get out and just punch the person in the face and take their cigarette. So bad. So bad. If you're smoking next to me at a red light, 
be thankful I don't get out and just punch you in the face and take your cigarette. But I don't. I don't because I'm not smoking anymore, okay? Just leave me alone. I've got 17 more years to go. Right? It's been three years, I think, or two and a half years since I've had a cigarette, and I said I was going to quit for 20 years. Told me I couldn't smoke anymore, but I figure in another 20 years. Eh, what the hell? So uh, I've, I've got, I mean, some days. I walk out of this building, and I see this guy. There's a guy that works across on the other building, and he stands out there smoking a cigarette. It looks so good. I know it's bad. Stop it. So anyway, the roundabouts. So you have to kind of, you just kind of pay attention to, you know, flowing traffic. And if you're going to go make the left, I always put my blinker on, my indicator light, so that I know I'm not, they know that I'm not going straight. I'm making the final turn all the way around. So the oncoming traffic knows that once I'm in the roundabout, the circle, I'm continuing on. And so they can yield and let me go. So there was a there's two lanes at this particular roundabout, right? Each side has uh, the one one side has two lanes on each side, and the other side just has the one. And so I, I drive it, and a truck stops. He sees me. I have my indicator. He stops me. And as I'm going, I'm I'm like halfway past the truck, and here comes the outside lane, and the guy just doesn't stop. He doesn't even yield. I mean, he just goes. He's just going through it. He, I mean, I guess he doesn't understand why the car next to him stopped because he's going to go no matter what he's going to go. And so, and he goes, and I mean, I came within inches of hitting this guy. My briefcase goes forward on the floor. I've got crap laying everywhere in my car. You know, there's all stuff everywhere. And I'm, I've got both hands on the steering wheel. I've stopped and I'm just inches away from this. And I want to be so mad at this guy. And then he stops. He stops. So now we're just we're just stopped in the middle of the, the, the roundabout. And he won't look at me because he knows. He knows. Man, he is in, he's in his car. He won't look at me because he knows it, that he thinks I'm just yelling and screaming. And I'm not. I'm not because as it might make me feel better at the time. It's not going to do any good. I know that he's got, there's another rider with him on the rider's side and someone sitting in the back seat. And it looked like they were female, so I'm sure he's getting screamed and hollered and they're hollering and screaming inside the car. It's like, uh, it's got to be, you know, he's already upset, which is why he's not looking at me. Because he knows he screwed up. And he's got these people screaming and hollering. You said, "Stop! I never look. I can't tell you. You never thought I can't tell you, Daddy." Ah! I mean, it's just you know how bad it is for this guy. And so, and finally, he and he just goes. I mean, the roundabout. Everybody stop now. And he finally just takes off. He just goes, and so do I. But here's the deal. All right, when you're driving in your automobile, how about you just be alert to a little bit of what, what's going around you. Okay, just a little. That's all. I'm just a little. That's all I'm asking. Do you remember the guy? I just did a story not long ago about the guy who was pulling his trailer in the pickup truck, and he loses control of his truck and and the trailer, and he goes over the overpass. Okay, so the, his truck is hanging down over the overpass, and the only thing that's keeping him up there is the chain to his trailer. 
the camper that he's got. He's got a th- he's pulling a thirty foot camper in his in his in his pickup truck. So they show pictures of it, and it's like an eighty to a hundred foot drop, and this guy's hanging there. Now he's hanging there in, with a seatbelt on with his wife, or they the story said a female. All right, in a seatbelt and two dogs. Now you know, <laughs> you know the amount of time it takes for the first responders, the rescue people to get there and, you know, jump down and come down and make sure you're okay. And you're already hurting, you know, because you're leaning, you're hanging down, you're leaning with the seatbelts pulling on your body and you're looking like, you know, you're worried that you're going to fall. And those damn dogs are yapping. And the female that's with you is bitching at you the whole time, screaming, hollering. What You know, when they, with the... <laughs> When the rescue guy comes down, says, okay, we're going to get you out of here. No, thanks. Just cut me out of here and let me drop. I can't listen to this crap anymore. These dogs, they saved them all. It was incredible. They saved the female. They saved him. They saved the two dogs. If I'm the guy, you know, they're just, just cut the seatbelt and let me go. Just let me go. I can't take it anymore. I know. Because you know, she's, I told you you didn't know how to control the trailer. You were driving too fast. You lost control. I told you it was too windy. Yep, 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 yep. And the dogs are barking. And you're hanging off this bridge. You know he's ready to just cut me off. Just let me drop. End this thing, would you please? You know he is. So, anyway. (laughs) That's the way that guy was in front of me on Friday in the roundabout. You know he was just like, oh, dear Lord. I know I screwed up. And he did. But, I mean... It's uh, it doesn't matter how mad you get. I will say I was in an accident once. Now that I'm thinking about it, I rear-ended a guy, you know, in the car. And uh, as we were coming, we're coming off. I'm coming off the interstate, and the, he, there's a car in front of me, and I, I'm behind the guy, and he's got his blink, he's got his indicator, like turning right. We we're both turning right, and he starts to accelerate. So I'm looking to the left, like okay, and I see this guy start to accelerate. I start to accelerate, but he stops instead of going. So I hit, I hit the back of his car. I was so mad. And he gets out of his car, and I'm just slamming my steering wheel going, I can't believe you stopped. What are you doing, you stupid? And I and then I got out, and he was like, oh, we're good. We're good. He goes, ah, oh, not fine. I was a little dent. We're fine. I'll probably don't worry about it. And then his wife gets out. And she says, oh, we should, call the, we should call the authorities. Look, and it's got a little bit of dent. And I'm like, no, your husband just said it was fine. Everything's okay. He was like, yeah, we're right. No, we should call the police. We should call the police. We should call the police. Oh, my gosh. I want to get back in my car and hit him again. I want to get back in my car and hit him again. He finally, he finally just said, get back in the car. It's fine. Get out of here. So he won. He won. But you know that fight's probably still going on. Every time you didn't call the police, when that guy hit us in the back, that dent's still on the car. You know that still happens. You know it still happens. Absolutely. <laughs> just, uh, and, you know, so just focus on driving when you're on the road, okay? Pay attention a little bit to what's going on. I know you're going to text and drive. I mean, you're not supposed to, but I know you're going to text and drive. Just keep an eye on the road. <laughs> it's that split second that saves lives okay it's that split second you're always everyone is just a split second away from danger on the roads be safe out there okay i know um thanks to steve for uh, letting me sit in today i appreciate it It was a lot of fun thank you for listening uh i appreciate it you can always hear me on uh, chewing the fat with jeff fisher and you can follow me on 
Jeffy JFR on Twitter and Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook, Instagram. And yeah, Parlor's still out there, I think. Uh, Jeff Fisher Radio. Don't shake your head, yes. I know it is. It's barely alive. It's on bits on life support, man. Let's be honest. But I mean, it's still there, so I still, you know, part of the Jeff Fisher Radio. But thank you so much. And don't forget, uh, this is Blaze TV. So, you know, go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy. On the Blaze Radio Network.